Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Talk about the way Rodgers played today and, and compare it to the ways you'd seen him play earlier in his, in, when you guys played against him. He played very well today. What did he do that, that made him play well? Threw the ball to the receivers and they caught. A little salty J.J. Watt. That happened a few weeks ago, too, and it was our buddy John McClain asking the questions. Not exactly grilling. It wasn't a Leslie Stahl-type performance there. I mean, there's a point where you just have to answer the questions, right? Or don't do it. Yeah. The, the beauty... If there's anything good about the pandemic, and trust me, there is not, it's that it's very easy to avoid the post-game media crush because there's no one there. They either make you available to sit at the podium or they don't. And uh, I don't think anybody's going to complain if J.J. Watt hadn't spoken after the game yesterday. So anyway, look, hey, it's not a good year for the Houston Texans. I can understand why he's upset, but uh, it's it's not like he was facing the Inquisition there from John McClain. All right. It is pro football talk live Monday edition coming out of the seventh Sunday of the season. He's Chris Sims. I'm Mike Florio. Hello to everyone out there who's consuming this program in any of the various platforms and forms that we have. Chris, it's superlatives time. Are you ready? I actually did some prep this week. Some weeks I do some weeks. I just kind of let nature take its course and I've learned yeah, kids, what? Here's a message, when you mean kids. prep, you sat there and had breakfast at the table this morning no. in your house. I don't eat until six, after the show. Six thirty. No, I stayed up last night. I stayed up last night and you I stayed made up my last choices. night doing superlatives. Yes, I what did. What a waste of time that was. What a dork. But I've learned. <laughs> but I've learned that actually putting in effort in advance right. is the broader message I'm trying to make to the youth of America, to the extent that any of them are right. watching, which they probably aren't. If you actually put a little effort into it, yes. it usually turns out better than when you just kind of pull it out of your wherever. I don't know. So. We've had some of our best superlative <laughs> segments when we pull it out of our butt. Well, I, know we I have a feeling. I have a feeling that's what you, but yours is going to be. So we can contrast the two of ours. Go ahead. Okay. You're up first. Well, I'm going to give the uh, 
Arr, matey, walk the plank award. Okay, to the Oakland Raiders, you got to walk. Oh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Sorry, you got to walk the plank. You got you lost. You got COVID too. Get off this ship. Uh, but either way, okay. I got I COVID had, is worse than scurvy. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I had to, I, had to, I had to take that little shot there. But I mean, really, I want to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, they made the Las Vegas Raiders in the battle of the pirate Buccaneer patch game, whatever. Uh, they made them walk the plank. And the Buccaneers, as you said, you know, earlier in the show, and something we've been saying for the last week, to, more and more just look like to me they look like the most complete team in the NFC. There's not a weakness to their football team. They're really not. And with John Gruden and their O line having you know lack of practice, man, this isn't the team you want to have lack of practice against. Not that Buccaneers front seven. That's as good as anybody in football. And, you know, we played the clip with Gruden talking about lack of pass rush. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the problem with the Raiders. They, their, fronts, their front is not good. It's, it's below average front. And that's just not good either. When you're playing Tom Brady and that Buccaneers offensive line that is really playing good and can dominate you in the run game and then can protect him all day long too. I mean, Brady, he looked phenomenal yesterday. I mean, I don't think he threw one ball where I went, oh, that wasn't a perfect spiral. He put that right where he wanted to. I mean, he was very, very impressive. I mean, a ton of pep in his arm still. Um, but I, I, again, just go back to them. And right now I just go, man, when it comes to offense, balance, running the ball, short passing game, deep passes, defense, being able to stop the run and make plays, turnovers. They can trust their corners in man-to-man situations. I don't. Who else can you say that about in the NFC right now? I don't think there's another team you can talk about that like. So to me, you know, the Bucks are just more and more every week. It just goes, ooh, watch out! There might be the best team in the NFC after last night. Are you gonna put them ahead of them? You gonna put them ahead of the Seahawks now? Whatever. Uh, yes, yes. I, I, I. We'll see about the power rankings. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Okay. But, but, but let me say this. Yeah. Whatever the league does to the Raiders, whatever it may be, and. It's not quite clear what the league is going to do generally when it comes to teams that have COVID-19 protocol violations that force schedule changes. The Titans were fined $350,000. There are people around the league who were stunned that it was only $350,000 because the league was sending out very clear messages to teams that they were going to hammer the Titans. And there's a theory out there that the Titans pushed back hard, the Titans pushed back aggressively, and the Titans may have found some sort of a flaw in the investigation that caused the NFL to back off and only find them 350000 for causing two different games to be moved and for causing the facility to be shut down for an extended stretch. Now people are wondering what happens to the Raiders for all the stuff that they've had go wrong, the accumulation of COVID-19 violations. But you know what? The, the, the worst punishment may have been to force John Gruden to play the Buccaneers yeah, that's at a right. time when he thinks his guys are unprepared. Right. And I feel like that's part of this this effort by the NFL to address teams. And this kind of gets to your point of just make them forfeit. If they're not ready to go, make them go play. If they're not ready, make them go play. If they're starting offensive line, didn't practice all week because they were put into the enhanced COVID uh, contact list protocol where they're not allowed to be around the team. And, and that may have been punishment enough. I, I was told yesterday morning, John Gruden was livid that they had to go forward to that game on Sunday. He wanted it to be Monday or Tuesday. I wanted it to be Monday or Tuesday because I wanted to watch it. Yeah, me too. Who saw it yesterday. Yeah. It's a 405 regional kick Eastern time. But uh, that may be the pun. And, and the other thing, I think the reason they push forward with it 
If you delay it by a day or two, you never know how many positives are going to pop up in the next That's two days, true especially too, when you're right. dealing with the Raiders. Right. Let's get this game played. Yeah. While, while, while the planets are lined up, let's play this damn game and move on to next week. Yeah, I, that's right. And again, I mean, I, I'm not – again, why, why let these teams off the hook with some of this? I mean, I do – I mean, again – you know, the Raiders of all team are not the ones we're going to give a free pass to. Not at this point. I mean, okay, you've already used your free pass. You already got your get-out-of-jail-free card. It's, it's, you lost that. Now you had to play. And, yeah, it stinks. It really does. It was a horrible group to have injured, too, in that football game. Wow, to have to deal with that. But, um, yeah, I was surprised, Tennessee. I heard some of the same things you did. I thought Tennessee was going to get the hammer laid down on them. I don't know, but maybe this is what the NFL does going forward. They kind of just force the issue and make your team play. Yeah, I think that's part of the punishment. Yeah. You just got to play. You, you're not ready? Too bad. Right. You had five guys miss the whole week of practice? Too bad. You got this going on? Too bad. You got to play. I know. Yeah, that's it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a subtle and indirect homage to one of the best scenes in Goodfellas, but we can't use the language that they use in, uh, in that <laughs> film. So, uh, anyway, um, another another point from that game yesterday. Yeah. Rob Gronkowski. Here's, here's another little on-the-fly oh. trivia question for yeah. you. Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady now including the postseason. This is courtesy of the NFL's 7 from Sunday. Excellent service they put out every, every Sunday night with statistical significance and oddities from the games. Gronk and Brady have combined for 92 touchdown passes, regular season and postseason. That ties them with who for I mean, second most all-time quarterback receiver i want to say it's not is that jerry and it's either jerry and steve or peyton and marvin i'm gonna say it's jerry and steve right well well ding 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 yeah. and first place with 114 is the other two peyton and marvin peyton and marvin 114 steve young jerry rice 92 brady and gronk mike 92 mike gronk's back He's back. Like he looked, he looked like Gronk yesterday to me. Just the way he ran. I mean, just it just it, he's finally out of mud. I don't, you know, like you talked about early in the year, but like his knees can actually lift in the air and run now, and running over the middle, taking big shots. Like that was like, whoa, okay, yep, we've seen this story before. It might be a different city, and we were Patriots, but now we're Buccaneers. So what? Same damn combination. Like. I'm not saying he's back to the Gronk five years ago, but he's just, he's back to the Gronk of, oh, wait, we're playing the Bucks. We have to have a plan for him in certain situations and formations, and that's just another weapon to go with Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, and Leonard Fournette, and Jones, and all that. Like, watch out, Bucks. But but here's part of the problem, yeah. and, 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 I, and I love Bruce Arians, but B.A.'s been spewing plenty of B.S. this year, <laughs> and it was back in August where he said that Gronk looks like he did five years ago, so... Okay, coach, let's see it. And and he is in slow motion for the first six weeks of the season. And now he's finally starting to come around. So it takes three months for him to get in football shape. But but don't tell us he looks like he looks like he did five years ago, because he doesn't. And uh uh but but he's getting there, and that's good news for the Buccaneers, especially with OJ Howard out for the year and now Antonio what's Brown your, is going to join the team. What's your next superlative you stayed up all night for? Can you get to it already? It seems like you're delaying this forever well, we and just having, talking about mine. I haven't mine. even gotten to one yet. Yeah, look, now how about look, this? Okay, how about how it? How about this? Well, I got my notes here. I want to pick the best one. I got a bunch to choose from. I got like 10 of them. How about the Bizarro Brian Westbrook Award? Do you know what I'm referring to when oh, I say Bizarro I, Brian Westbrook? Uh, the, the old Todd Gurley didn't put the brakes on quick <laughs> enough award? <laughs> yeah. 
And it was 2007. It was an Eagles-Cowboys game, and the Eagles were leading late. And if you score, the Cowboys get the ball back, and in theory they could score and get an onside kick, and you're better off keeping possession and killing the clock. So Westbrook went down, and, and it was smart, and it was unselfish, and it runs counter to everything that we want to see in today's fantasy football-driven NFL. Todd Gurley tried to do that yesterday against the Detroit Lions. Tried is the key word. Creating one of the all-time great NFL visuals where Todd Gurley tries to stop short, fails to stop short, crosses the goal line, and it's a member of the Lions defense who is in celebratory fashion throwing his hands up saying, touchdown! It's unbelievable. And there's a photo of that making the rounds that it's just weird to see it. And it's awesome to see it. And Todd Gurley's very upset oh. that, that oh. he did it. But but it, it runs counter to everything. As a football player, especially a guy who's been through a few rough years, you want to go score a touchdown. How do you stop yourself from doing it? Well, sometimes you don't. And there's Gurley landing in the end zone. And there's the shot of Jamie Collins. Yeah, touchdown. I, and you know what? That's meaningless if the Lions don't win the game. What makes that is the Lions ultimately use that as the opening to win the game. It, it, it was, it's amazing. It's, a, it's unreal. I mean, he's, he's a smart football player. I believe we've seen him do this before. I can't remember the game. There was a game in the last two years where he, I think you're right. you know, I think you're right. he stopped at the one-yard line. Honestly... You know, the, the thing that he has, he gets, somebody is about to tackle him at the five-yard line. And I think he thought the guy was going to bring him down. And the guy kind of fell off. And I think it kind of, like, he got caught by surprise where he thought, like, I think I'm going down. And the guy fell off. And he, like, oh, no, my momentum from running through the tackle and all that kind of, I don't know. It was just, it seemed that way. We'll see either way. But that was an unbelievable turn, in, turn of events. Because then Matt Stafford just makes some unbelievable plays to get them down there. And that was uh, pretty cool. Good for Detroit. All right, you good? Am I on to uh, my next one? You're up. What, what do you got next? Well, I want to give like the, uh, you know, the Freddie Mercury Award or the Queen Award because they're, they're more than a one-man band. You know how like Freddie Mercury and Queen, he tried to go do his own thing and he realized, damn, I'm not as good unless I'm with the band. All right. Well, like- Freddie? Yeah, he kind of had his own moment where he went off and did his own thing. And then he said, I messed up. I want to come back. And then he did a great concert at the end, right? I mean, damn, watch the movie, okay? But either way, um, the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, it, they're more than a one-man band. They're not, they are. This is why the Kansas City Chiefs are unbelievable to me. They are. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he, it was a snooze fest for him yesterday. He had to do nothing in that football game. But it doesn't matter. The Kansas City Chiefs got playmakers everywhere. It just... Oh, kick return, touchdown. Oh, interception return, touchdown. Oh, Frank Clark, you know, intercepting a pass and setting them up in a, in a good way to, to score that way. I mean, it's just amazing. Again, Kansas City, we think about them all the time as this high-flying act, but yet when they need to be physical or play dirty or their defense needs to have a big stop, they're capable of doing that. And that's why they're so dangerous to me. And you know, hey, Le'Veon Bell, that looked good, all that stuff. So I thought that was a cool win for Kansas City. Showed they're capable of kind of doing it in more than one way. And Patrick Mahomes loves playing in the snow, and they got it. And we saw that coming. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And, of course, the worse it is, the better it is when it comes to snow. But it was still just enough, and it was jarring to look at the calendar and see October 25 
and to see that kind of snow. But that's kind of how it is in Denver. Yeah, it is. It'll be 80 degrees one day, and right. uh, it'll be three feet of snow the next day. It will. All right, next one for me. And I know last hour we spent a lot of time praising the current state of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and for good reason. They're, they're awesome. They're unbeaten. They look great. They're going to be 13-3 and three or better. Uh, but this award is called Stop Scouting Receivers and Start Scouting Quarterbacks uh, because I've seen the future for Pittsburgh, and it is being in a division without Ben Roethlisberger mm. and facing Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, and Lamar Jackson twice a year. And yesterday's Browns-Bengals game. You didn't know where I was going there, did you? I didn't either. Well, I thought you were going to go back to the, do they need no, a quarterback I'm, I'm, of the future from that Mike Florio book? I thought that's where you might have been going to. Can I, can I finish? <laughs> um, they, better, they better be ready to replace Ben Roethlisberger because they went 20 years between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger with a lot of, of not very good quarterbacks, some guys who were okay but not good enough. And, and then finally, in 2004, 21 years after Terry Bradshaw retired, they went top 11 pick on Ben Roethlisberger. They better have a plan because, look, we had plenty of criticism for Baker Mayfield. He was the real deal yesterday after a slow start. I mean, he was 0, 0 for 5, and then he went 22 for 23 down the stretch and won the game against the Bengals. Joe Burrow was awesome, 406 passing yards. Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. I'm just telling you, I don't know how long Roethlisberger's got left, but they better have a plan because this AFC North, for all we say about the NFC West, this AFC North is for real. And you got some great quarterbacks, and the Steelers had better be ready to try to get, you know, a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers handoff and not wait 20 years between franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, well, that, that better happen this year, next year. It's it's gotta it's gotta happen here soon, in the next two or three years. You're right. And it ain't Mason Rudolph. No. And it's not Josh Dobbs, Absolutely and it's not, not. Doc Hodges. It's <laughs> no. none of the guys floating around now. They need to find they need to I, I think they just need to wait until Ben's done. Because he won't accept the fact if they have, and they're not going to have a high first round pick the way they're playing. But it's, 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 listen, I, that's the thing that would keep me up at night. So I'm going to enjoy this season if I'm a Steelers fan. But the thing I'd be worried about is holy crap, within a few years, we, we could be the team that's in last place in this division. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully not. Hopefully they'll see the future. The good thing is with all the quarterbacks coming out in the draft and, you know, I mean, it already looks like there'll be a long list of quarterbacks and free agency next year and things like that. You know, maybe they can find a stopgap guy either way. But Pittsburgh's really good. I was going to go there, you know, with my next superlative, you know, because you're what, would the, what the hell was your superlative there? Stop scouting receivers, start scouting quarterbacks award. That's I mean, good thing you stayed up all night for that one. Good thing you stayed up, up for that all night. <laughs> I'm going to sit down and come up with something creative right now at 1245. That's Stop not creative. That's not creative. <laughs> I maybe could have found a better way to say it. All right. I mean, should I have done it in a pirate voice? It wasn't as cool as our matey. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, that was my that one. reference. My Freddie, you yeah. know, Freddie. I'm on fire today. I mean, I'm killing it. I do want to yeah, go sure. back to one of the seven superlatives you just mentioned in your one superlative there, which is <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to, you know, they call it, if they're going to call it, you saw the sign in the game, right? With the Bengals Browns yesterday, Joe Ohio. Okay. It could be Joe Ohio. Then it's got to be Baker Natty. Ba uh, does that sound good? Baker Natty, Baker Natty, something like that. I'm trying to make a play on Baker owned Cincinnati yesterday. To yeah, I, th I think we get the, you got point. the point. Okay. I, uh, you know, Baker Natty, I think that sounds good. All right. But either way. I mean, Baker Mayfield, we got to give him credit.
for what he did yesterday. I mean, we've been all over him. It's been very up and down and probably more down this year than anything. But yesterday, especially the way it started, the interception on the first throw of the game, 0, and 5, 0 for 5, it really looked like Joe Burrow and company had it clicking. Baker Mayfield just answered the bell time after time after time. And like you said, he ends the game 22 of 23. And his one incompletion was a spike to stop the clock. But a lot of big-time throws. Like, not easy slam dunk throws either. Like, oh, it's one-on-one, 30 yards down the field, bam, on the money. Oh, it's one-on-one, 15, 20 yards down the middle, bam, on the money. So, good for Baker Mayfield and what he did yesterday. That was a big bounce-back win for the Browns. Yeah, it really is amazing. And that game was back and forth. And that's one that I look forward to watching very carefully to see what happened, why it happened, how it happened. Really is amazing. Bingo, bingo. Really is amazing. What? It really is but amazing. That's not bingo. I think that's one of our baking bingo ones. Is it one of mine or is it one of yours? Yeah, we need you. to add some to yours. We've missed some of yours. Uh, oh, I'm just gonna say it. I, I am. Right. I'm gonna. I'm. To, I, I. I'm gonna say it. I am. I okay. That's one of yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. All right. Uh, next one. Um. You, you're familiar with the concept of snake oil, right? The, yes. Uh, yeah. The, the snake oil. The the cure all uh, that does absolutely nothing. Well. The, the, the Jaguars have their own brand of snake oil, which actually works. I'll call it Shad Khan's crappy football team tonic. <laughs> All you have to do if you're a bad football team is play the Jaguars and you win. It's amazing. Every game they've played since winning week one against the Colts has been against a team that's winless or entered the game with one win, and the Jaguars have lost to that team. I mean, that, that if you are down and out, schedule the Jaguars, and you will get a win. The Chargers pulled it off yesterday, and the Jaguars are off this week. They've got the one and six Texans the next time they play. Great news for the Texans. And and look, I love Doug Marone. I love Doug uh, Dave Caldwell. I, I love him enough that I know his name. Um, they're into their bye week, and there's been no talk about this. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point today, gone, gone. How can this? How is this sustainable? What I have you seen from the Jaguars since week one? That, that makes you look at it and say this is sustainable. No, I know. I mean, I mean, uh, yes. I don't know what they expected. This is the results I expected. I mean, this is where I thought they'd be. One and six, two and five, something like that. You know, again, where, where, what, what is there to hang your hat on? You know, that's, that's the big thing. Yeah, there's some young, cool talent on the team. That doesn't mean crap in 2020 NFL. You know, there's a lot of, you know, middle-aged, good talent on all the other teams, and they're better. So, I, you know, again – Yes, it's they're in a tough spot, and I was a little surprised this regime came back in general, anyways, this year, uh, and it and it seemed like it was a weird, fake rebuild or I don't know whatever the hell it was. The one thing I do want to hit on that game though, just one more time with your Jacksonville Chargers game, um, this Justin, Justin Herbert's really good, like really freaking good, like wow, I mean. You know, you saw yesterday they took the training wheels off. Stop trying to run the ball on first and second down. Just let him throw. Let him go a little bit. He he can do it all. So that was impressive. Yeah, uh, and and uh, I think that's one of the big reasons why Tua Tagovailoa is going to be playing. Yeah, when I think the Dolphins right, come out of their bye this week. We got to see what this guy has because my goodness, what Justin Herbert has, and the Dolphins could have had him. That's the thing. That's a great coast to coast apples to apples comparison. The Dolphins took Tua. They could have had Herbert, and Herbert is great for the L.A. Chargers. All right, you got any more? 
Um, I don't have a creative word for it, but uh, let's say you might. Let's give it to you. Might want to double that guy a word, okay? Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, Green Bay yesterday. Aaron Rodgers. There's no Aaron Jones. Rodney Harrison made the great point last night. There's no Aaron Jones. Wait, and Devontae Adams is in the game, so I wonder who they'll give the ball a lot to in the football game. Huh. Oh, that's right, Devontae Adams. I mean, holy crap. Did, what did the Texans think Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay were going to do? Like feature Sternberger in the game? I mean, what the hell did they think they were going to do? How many times did they have to get burned by Devontae Adams before they went, maybe we should do something else? But Rodgers and Devontae Adams were en fuego yesterday. I mean, they really were. Rodgers proved that last week was an anomaly. He seemed like he was on a mission all week, but, you know, beating that, you know, into everybody's brain. It was an anomaly. It was an anomaly. We're still really good. Well, he certainly, you know, proved that point or at least shut people up who were doubting it a little bit. And Devontae Adams, when he's healthy and hitting on all cylinders, you know, they're just they're a different football team because him and Rodgers do have a special connection. So uh, that was pretty awesome. That was dicing them up yesterday by those two. Think of how spectacular it could be if, if Adams could stay on the field. He yeah. missed time last year. Right. He missed time this year, and he wasn't. And maybe, maybe the Texans just kind of misread the film from last week, and they thought, oh, Devontae Adams has missed some time. He, You know, he's kind of missing just a little maybe. something. Well, yeah. he's worked his way back into shape, and the Texans paid for it in a big way. But you're right. Aaron Jones is out. How in the hell are you not taking away Devontae Adams? Because it's not like there's – you know, a first-round receiver they drafted like right. Justin Jefferson or someone who could burn them um, by their own design. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. Packers, shocked. Packers Especially, back on track. Yeah. Rodgers called it an anomaly last week. You know, he said it was a wake-up call at the time. And, hey, they didn't let it turn into two losses. They went to Houston and took care of business. Yeah, they did. They they looked good yesterday. They did. And, of course, I mean, we know that's not a, Houston, a very good Houston football team. I mean, we, we understand that. I, I was surprised, though, that I thought – I thought we would get at some point to this game of like Deshaun Watson makes some magic happen and oh it's here in the fourth quarter and it is a one score game, but it never got to that. I mean Green Bay's defense looked like it did a good job of bottling up Watson from making like extending plays, all those type of things all game long, and it just seemed like every time Rodgers dropped back to pass, he was gashing them. All right, that's it for today's superlatives. Let's take a break. When we return, I had some conversations yesterday after the games, and there's one in particular that had, I thought, the line of the day as it relates to the return of Antonio Brown, something we haven't discussed much. But by the time we get to Week 9, Sunday Night Football, Buccaneers and Saints, Antonio Brown very well could be on the field for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A huge development for a team that's looking good. We'll talk about that more when PFC Live continues right after It's, it's an insurance policy. Um, you know, when we don't have Mike and we don't have Chris, why not have another Pro Bowl player, caliber player, that's available that fits our cap and fits everything else? Uh, so why not? Why not, Bruce Arians? Well, because you said back in March you don't want Antonio Brown. It's not going to happen. It's not a fit. He doesn't fit. When he was having issues last year with the Raiders, Bruce Arians said too much diva in Antonio Brown. That's why the question has been raised. And and Arians actually said, again, B.A., lots of B.S. He actually said with a straight face that Tom Brady had nothing to do (laughs) with the decision. Come on, Bruce, we love you, but good Lord. (laughs) uh, I mean, have some some respect for our basic level of human intelligence. We ain't got a lot of it, as evidenced by my effort to utter that sentence. 
We ain't got a lot of it, but respect what we have. Uh, Surely Tom Brady had something to do with it. Surely he's been banging the drum for Antonio Brown. And the fact that there's been so many receiver injuries plays right into it. Hey, I don't have healthy receivers. Get Get me Antonio Brown. Get me Antonio Brown. He probably said it enough times. Where they finally said, "All right, Tom, we'll get you Antonio Brown." Well, yeah, I mean, you, and it, you know, to to what Bruce Arians first said there, it is an insurance policy. Of course, it is. They're a Super Bowl team. They can win the Super Bowl this year. If Mike Evans isn't healthy or out there on a given week, that it it'll, uh, it's a big chunk of their chance taken away. So to have that element is big. Let alone if all of them are healthy. And you got Gronk and, you know, Antonio Brown and Godwin and Mike Evans on the field. Damn, I mean, you better be a special team to play with them. So that's where, you know, it's great that way across the board. And, I mean, Mike, to hear what you're saying, of course. I mean, it's, it's insane. I mean, I guess Bruce Arians is trying to protect Brady maybe a little to make it sound like he's not banging on the drum for him too hard because he doesn't want to disrespect maybe some of the other wide receivers in the locker room already and maybe you know of course the old nfl way everything's you know old school and in that way where maybe they don't want it to seem like they're taking orders from any player that way but he is in tampa bay because of tom freaking brady brady's brady's great he's a great teammate he's got a great way with people and he obviously bonded with antonio brown and jason light being from you know, being from New England already and having a relationship with Brady and not being afraid to take a chance on some guys like Antonio Brown, that's why he's there. I don't think Bruce wanted him. I just think Tom massaged it and finally got what he wanted. And it's one thing to say it's an insurance policy, but here's the thing. Once Antonio Brown is there, do you think he's going to be comfortable in a given week? Let's say, oh, all their guys are healthy. We don't need Antonio Brown. He'll be inactive this week. No. Or, or, or we're not going to put him on the field, or we're not going to throw him the football. We don't need him. We've got Chris Goblin healthy. We've got Mike Evans healthy. We've got Scotty Miller. Everything's fine. We don't need you. He's not, he's not going to be content to be an insurance policy, and Tom Brady's not going to be content to use him as an insurance policy. Look, whatever happened between those two guys during the brief period of time they were together in New England, it has built a bond that has lasted. It has endured. And Tom Brady feels responsible for Antonio Brown. He feels like he can speak to his better angels and get the best out of him. Right. And he's going to want him on the field. And he's going to want to throw him the football, even when he's not the primary read, or even if he's not open, he's going to trust him. Again, whatever it was, it clicked and it worked. And it only works if Antonio Brown's on the field catching the football. And, And if Antonio Brown's not being used... Does he act up? And if he acts up, is he truly on a one-strike Well, policy? if he acts up, he's done forever in the NFL. Is he, though? But, but wait, but here's the thing. He's in deep trouble. Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians told Jay Glazer yesterday that he's going to tell Antonio Brown, be a team player or be gone. Yeah. But, but still, before they cut him, aren't they going to give Tom a chance to talk them out of it? I, I they, they, they're... I just can't imagine if now gets, that he's there. If it gets to that conversation, though, then that means he has to be cut. You know, that that's just really it is. And hopefully Tom can realize that at that point. If they're having that conversation in four weeks from now going, we might, then he needs to be cut. That means there's already an issue. So this is Antonio Brown's last strike in a lot of ways. I mean, I, maybe he gets another one. I don't know. But it's certainly with his history – and now his relationship with Brady, and if that somehow didn't work here, with a coach who's willing to take on personalities, 
I, I mean, I, I would have a hard time thinking Antonio Brown gets back in football to where he's going to have to be on his best behavior. And I, I don't think they are going to use him like, you know, the bad way in which you're saying. He's gonna, I think he'll be a part of the offense. He will. We'll see how good he is. I think that's going to dictate it a lot too. You know, if, if it's noticeably like everyone's out there and they go, well, he's just not as good as Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you know, Antonio Brown might be able to go, okay, I get it. You know, we're three receivers in the game. I'm in. If there's two receivers, I'm not in. You know, if, if he is that good, all right, I think they'll just find ways to infuse him in the offense more or, or they're going to be playing with fire to like what you're saying. What do you think they say to the receivers currently on the team who yeah. may be thinking, why the hell are we bringing this guy here? We're fine. Right. I, 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 I don't know what they say to him. I think they just say, we're really damn good, and we need this aspect of our team to keep our offense really dangerous and kind of unstoppable, and we just need it for that insurance policy aspect. I think that's kind of what they sell to some of those guys, the Scotty Millers and everything like that. Keep this in mind. There's still a pending civil lawsuit against Antonio Brown alleging sexual assault and rape. It is set for trial in December of this year. The NFL confirmed to me yesterday Brown is not out of the woods. He could still be disciplined for that. I think what happened was the NFL did its investigation. The NFL decided we don't have enough to make a decision. Let's see what happens with this civil lawsuit. They'll have, eventually, if it goes to trial, they'll have testimony in open court. They'll have a verdict from a jury. And I think the NFL wants to reserve the right to take action, depending upon how ugly this process is. And Antonio Brown hasn't even given his pretrial deposition yet in that case. And to be this close to trial and to not have Antonio Brown questioned under oath, that in and of itself will be a transcript of questions and answers that the NFL can look at and scrutinize. And we know from recent experience, he had a lawsuit that was filed against him by a landlord, luxury apartment. He blew a gasket because somebody robbed him or something. He was throwing furniture out the window. I mean, all sorts of damage done. He lost that case in a default judgment because he was grossly uncooperative with the process. Right. And 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 I'm I'm getting the sense that that same Might kind be of happening. thing could happen yeah. here. So look, Bruce Arians said yesterday, if it turns out he he's found to have done what he is accused of doing, he'll be gone. The league will take action. There's a lot here that can still go on before Antonio Brown uh, ever makes the kind of impact on a field that he did in the past. And I asked Cam Jordan yesterday, the Saints defensive end, who will see Antonio Brown week nine, Sunday night football. And Antonio Brown's last great game was against the Saints late in the 2018 season. He was phenomenal that yeah. day. Steelers-Saints game in the Superdome. Um, I, I said, I said, you know, what do you think about facing Brown week nine? And Cam Jordan said, he's got to get to week nine. And you know what? It's some shade. But it's accurate. We don't know what's going to happen with this guy. We don't know he's going to be on the team in week nine. And, uh, you know, I'd say there's a not 0% chance that he won't be on the team in week nine, Chris. Well, I, I mean, that would be some turn of events. It really would be. I expect him to be there. Uh, I do. I know there's there's a lot to be, you know, told here, whatever. We'll see how this all unfolds. But nonetheless, it's the Buccaneers who truly have gotten better just about every week all year. And now they got another weapon at Brady's disposal, an offense that's really got just about everything. And uh, just watch out, Tampa Bay. Here they come, baby. It seems like every other year or so there's a division in the NFL that is just bad top to bottom. And we've talked about this plenty. When you only have four teams in a division, that's going to occur from time to time. Ron Rivera, the Washington football team head coach, using his own experience 
to help inspire his current team. Washington was 1-5 and five entering yesterday's game against Dallas. Their only win came all the way back in week one against the Philadelphia Eagles after they were down by 17 points in the first half. He told me after yesterday's win, 25-3 over the Cowboys, that he has already told his players, look, I've done this before. 2014, Carolina Panthers, 7-8-1, and one, and champions of the NFC South. Everybody hated us, Ron said. And you know what happened? We ignored it. We got motivated by it. We won a playoff game in the divisional round at home and then went on the road and put a scare into defending Super Bowl champion Seattle Seahawks in the divisional round. So he's already using that on his guys to get them to realize, forget about your record. What matters is the standings. And if you get to the playoffs and you host that playoff game that you're guaranteed if you win the division, anything can happen. And, you know, I had said Washington get themselves back into this if they go with Alex Smith. Well, Kyle Allen per- looked pretty good yesterday. Yeah, right. And maybe, you know, here, here they are a half game behind the Eagles uh, in uh, the NFC East. And uh, I- I'm not I'm not ready to write off any of the teams except maybe the Giants. But even them, I've, they're all in striking distance. Yeah. And Sunday night football, Cowboys-Eagles. People are complaining, oh, it's two losing teams. Yeah, but it's the first place team in the NFC East. And a team that's a half game behind them. Yeah, I know. And and that that there's a playoff berth that's going to go to somebody, and there's a chance that whoever earns that is going to be ready to go the next week. Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, I, I am ready to write off the Cowboys and the Giants. I am. Uh, I'm not with Washington. You know, a little. You see Kyle Allen. You see Terry McLaurin, who's one of the ten best receivers in football, one of the most explosive guys in football. Antonio Gibson's the real deal, the rookie running back out of Memphis. They got a decent O-line, and we know their defense can have moments of really being dominant. I mean, it's a good defensive front. I don't think Washington's the team I look at to go, I think they're going to hang around with Philadelphia more than the other two, just the way it looks right now. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I think Kyle Allen will be getting a few games under his belt now after getting hurt and things like that. You'll start to see a more efficient offense here. And, and that D-line, like we saw yesterday and other games this year, they can take over in certain moments. So uh, there's a lot to respect there, certainly. In Philadelphia, I mean, we know they're going to play everybody close. So that just – you never know what happens. We'll go back 10 years. The original Beast Quake game. Yeah. Seven and nine Seahawks, champions of the NFC West, hosting the defending Super Bowl champs, the New Orleans Saints, who were four games better in the standings, yep. and the Seahawks won, yes, thanks to home did. field advantage. I remember people saying to me, oh, all this proves the Seahawks are the better team. No, no, because if you play this game in New Orleans, the Saints are going to win by 30. It shows you how important it is to have that home game. Now, this year, it it's not as important, but but still, there is an advantage in being able to sleep in your own bed. There is an advantage in being able to not have to travel. There is an advantage in being able to stick to your normal routine, regardless of whether there's 50,000 fans or five in the stadium, Chris. Yeah, no, uh, there is. There certainly is that advantage, no doubt about it. You know, I mean, and that's somebody's going to get that advantage. If you're that much better, then go in there and beat that damn NFC East team. That's all there is to it. That's the way the rules are right now. Yeah, it's a little weird. It is. I wish they could maybe adjust it as well to where you don't have some seven and nine or seven, eight and one team, you know, uh, hosting a home playoff game. It doesn't seem right, but that's the way it is. And like we said, it doesn't always mean you're not better than some of those better teams that come in there too. Sometimes you get tough, tough schedule. You've been injured a lot during the year that led you to have, 
you know, maybe not the record you want and you've gotten healthy just at the right part of the end of the year to where, you know, maybe now you're better than your misleading uh, your misleading record can show. But we'll, we'll see. It's not going to be a good one from any of the NFC East teams. I can tell you that. Quick break. And when we return, it's the Sunday surprise draft coming out of week Sunday of or week seven, rather, of the 2020 NFL season. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I don't think I smiled all game, um, honestly, just because it just felt like, uh, you know, we just you just had to have your head down. There's a smile from Kyler Murray. He's smiling because he knows his guy DeAndre Hopkins is open. He, smi- he may not have smiled the rest of the game, but there's the smile from Kyler Murray. One of my favorite players right now in the NFL, Chris Simpson. Uh, it's uh, your favorite. I, you know what? Probably is my favorite. I don't like to play favorites, but he's my favorite. Yeah, I, I think uh, from the way you've talked the last two or three weeks, I would think he's clearly your guy right now. Uh, you know why? You yeah, know why? Right. You know why? I'm I'm taller than him. Oh, well, you are. You are. Yep. That's all you got on him. You're slower, weaker <laughs> arm, and not as oh, strong. Oh, <laughs> that's, no. Other than that, he wins everything. You do the tail of the tape, I get height. Anything else you would put on the other side, you check the box for Kyler Murray. Yeah, pretty much. He's, I mean, it, it's, it's so rare just to see a guy built like him. You know, Mike, and you talked about, like, you know, how he's got such great awareness and sliding and never gets hit and does all those things, too. You know, I think the one thing that benefits him is he's because he's been so small his whole life. He, he just went, I'm, I'm not going to mess with that. I'm not going to let you big guys. I know I'm small. I'm getting down. So what? Where I feel like, hey, the Michael Vicks of the world, other quarterbacks that run, you know, you're you're sometimes enticed by it because you just go, oh, I'm you know, I'm big and strong, I can take this, and that's usually what leads quarterbacks to get in trouble and get hurt. And Murray has a great feel that way. There's a, there's a bravado, there's a machismo that factors into it. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo deciding at the sideline he's going to drop a shoulder into a defensive back and tears his ACL. Just get the hell out of bounds. Yeah. I mean, we see that. I said that earlier. We see the Kyler Murray move regularly now where he sprints down the left sideline. He sees a guy coming. 
and he just stops and steps out of bounds, and he never gets within five yards of getting hit by that guy. All right, Sunday surprise draft for week seven. Quick, quick trivia question, although you got – Multiple questions right early. How many do I got to get right today? This one. Yeah, you got to get you got to get another one, baby. How many total yards did the New York Jets have in the second half of Sunday's eighteen to ten loss to the Buffalo Bills? Total yards. Well, I mean, it was ten six at halftime, and they. I mean, I don't remember them doing anything. I mean, I, I mean, I get, I'll guess. I mean, I guess it's anywhere from minus ten to two hundred yards for my trivia question here. A little broad. I'm gonna say twelve yards. I'm gonna go twelve. Four. Oh, four. Oh, I got it wrong. St- How dare I didn't guess four? It was the uh, it was the uh, shift from Adam Gase to De- uh, Del Loggins as the play caller. Yeah. Although they only lost by eight, they were competitive. They were right. They definitely. You were. You look at the final score; it doesn't make your stomach churn. So at least they have that going for them, which is nice. All right, I'll give you the first pick anyway. Since you no, it doesn't matter. Goal. Go ahead. I didn't get it. It's all right. Go ahead. There's right. plenty to go around here. All right, first one for me. I, I got to say the New England Patriots. Generally, I know we're supposed to be specific here, but. I'm stunned. That's okay, Casey. Sims does it all the time. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. I'm shocked. That's a shock. If you just look at yesterday's scores and you see 33-6 to New England, that doesn't happen to the Patriots. No. They don't get blown out, especially at home. This entire It is an entire organizational collapse right now, and I don't know what they can do to turn it around because they got six days before they have to go to Buffalo. And so, yes, it's a surprise. It's sad, sad, and uh, it's stunning to see the Patriots where they currently are, especially because, you know, it was just a few weeks ago they were blowing out the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. That's what makes it even more stunning. Right. right. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, you know what? I mean, I think I'm going to go with, like, the Cowboys, their performance yesterday as my Sunday surprise. I'm going to do the same type of thing. I mean, I know they were bad. I get it. But to just be dominated that way, to never have a chance in a football game against the Washington football team, who certainly is, you know, not on their way to the Super Bowl this year. I mean, that's just embarrassing. I mean, in every aspect, it really was. I mean, I just thought after Dallas, okay, it's Andy Dalton's second game. They got embarrassed on Monday night against the Cardinals. You know, I picked Washington to win the game. I did, but I thought it would be very, very close, and Dallas would show some pride. I mean, this game was over. It was over before I got done with my first serving of French fries yesterday. I mean, it was done. You were like, well, they got no chance. They can't do anything. They can't pass protect. They can't throw the ball down the field. And then I went back to eating my French fries and ketchup. I mean, but that was just embarrassing. They should be embarrassed, really. How many servings of French fries did you have yesterday? Two. I have two every Sunday. Two big servings of French fries with a chicken Caesar salad. Yes. Do you try to time it out like when you eat? Is it like after the first quarter, after halftime? Like I've got that rhythm as to when I try to eat Definitely. a little food, you know, yes, halftime, yes. after we do our meeting before the the kickoffs, like it's just, it, it's just, you try to have a rhythm and a flow to the day. All right, people, nobody, nobody cares about that. I guarantee you. Next one for me, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Especially because he started 0-5. Joe Burrow had 406 yards passing. Odo Beckham Jr. exits in the aftermath of the first pass thrown in the game by Baker Mayfield because for the second straight game, the first pass thrown is intercepted. I admire the fact that OBJ tried to make the tackle, but he suffered a left knee injury that we're going to find out this morning whether or not it was a torn ACL or something else that will put him on the shelf. And uh, uh, very unfortunate for OBJ, but very fortunate for the Browns to have Baker Mayfield wake up. Or I, 
my, my niece, who is a rabid Browns fan, who has suffered through the worst of the worst with the Browns, was texting me. She demands Baker Mayfield be benched as if there's something I can do to help her out with that in that moment. Uh, she was singing a different tune by the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Mayfield was great after that rough start. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, this, this battle between the Browns. Look, they had a 35-30 game on a Thursday night earlier this year. They've got the, the 37-34 game yesterday. Uh, it's great. It's it just it just incredible. There were two 37-34 games yesterday. Isn't that weird? That's just it, it not is. a common score. But, uh, yeah, 37-34, Browns win. Mayfield wakes up. They got to five wins, and they're going to get at least 10 this year. They got 10 wins on the schedule. Uh, I, 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 I don't disagree. I mean, they certainly seem like they're going to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. We've talked about this last week. You know, will they beat any of the teams that we're not sure they're better than? You know, right now, the only one they got on the schedule that way is the Colts. Other than that, it's like, okay, we thought you would beat this team. They're not very good yet. But either way, Baker Mayfield was awesome yesterday. Uh, there was not Question. a lot of – Yeah. Question. Answer. I, and, look, we hope Odo Beckham Jr. is fine, although the indications are anytime you have a situation like this and you see the, the body language and you hear the reports yeah, and they're just waiting for the MRI to confirm it, it doesn't seem good. No. If he's done for the year. Does that actually help Baker Mayfield by taking that element out of play where he feels like he's constantly got to look for Odell Beckham Jr.? I don't think it does. I think, I, you know, I, I feel like they got over a hurdle a few weeks ago with that a little bit, you know, and not to say it was gone totally, but I think the fact that they were winning games and they were finding ways to get Odell the ball in, in a lot of different ways kind of took the edge off of that conversation. You know, the other thing that, you know, people – it, 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 Odell not being there is going to hurt them despite his lack of stats and things like that. You know, the greatness of Odell too is the attention he causes. He makes your run game better. You know, he makes it iffy on do we really want to leave our guy one-on-one -on -one with him that way? You know, he gives you the offense some different things that our defenses some different things to think about too that way. But uh, I still think there's enough weapons to go around, but I, I certainly don't think they're going to be as good without Odell. I, I do think that hurts them. All right, what do you got next? I got to go with, like, the St the Steelers' offense. Uh, it, it, just Big Ben on third down. That's exactly – that's kind of where I want to make it. Uh, maybe I just say that. Big Ben on third down. That was a Sunday surprise to me. Uh, I Again, I just didn't know how good the Steelers' offense was. And – We've seen some you know, inability to put games away throughout the year. Not that they put the game away yesterday, but they just controlled the, the football forever. They, they really, time of possession, Big Ben keeping them in third and fours and third and threes and then always getting the first down and doing things like that. The short passing game, some of the short run game they have with James Conner that way. I think that was the shocker to me about yesterday's games. The fact that you know Tennessee Titans defense, which has not been good, you know, they just couldn't make a play, couldn't get off the field that way, especially in that first three quarters. And really, Pittsburgh's offense had the way with them. I know they lost a turnover battle, right, the Steelers? But it was like a weird – it's weird to lose – yeah, they lost a turnover battle but didn't have any turnovers until it was 27-7, to you know, or 24-7 to at that point. So uh, really good performance by Big Ben, the offense, and the Steelers in general. I'm going down to New Orleans, and I'm going to take a guy from the team that ultimately lost the game. I thought the Saints would win more easily than they did, but Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Let me tell you, and this is a full-season surprise. I, I don't know what I really expected from him. I was rooting for him. He was 5-0 and last year with the Saints. 
this year, even though they've fallen under 500 now in Carolina, they're so much better than people thought they were going to be. They're so much better than I thought they were going to be. Bridgewater was 23 for 28 yesterday, 254 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, passer rating of 128.3. It's not often you see a quarterback go into Drew Brees' building, and Drew Brees has a passer rating north of 110, and the other quarterback still has a better statistical game. But, you know, and, and Cam Jordan, I asked him after the game, who had the advantage? You guys know Teddy. He knows your defense. He said he thinks it, it, it advantaged Teddy to know that defense, and yeah, it showed. Right. And, and I, I, hope, I hope the Panthers can make it interesting. I hope they make a run for the seventh seed uh, because I think they're going to get better as the season goes on. They have plenty of games early in the year that they can look to and, and take some confidence and pride in and maybe use that to keep building. But yesterday's a game that it felt for a while like they may win it. Definitely. And you know what? I got Even though I'm praising Teddy Bridgewater, he took that sack that put Joey Sly out of field goal range, right. still came dangerously close to setting the all-time NFL record with a 65-yarder to force overtime. But I'm very impressed with what I've seen from Teddy. And I was surprised he was as good as he was yesterday because I thought the Saints – would know him better than than it showed on the field. Yeah, well, you know, I think between Joe Brady and him knowing that coaching staff and then Teddy knowing some of their calls and things that showed that they're, you know, yeah, it, it was advantage them. They kind of knew how to attack it. I think it'll be different the next time around because now Dennis Allen will get a feel for how that works. But I'm with you. And that, that like we talked last night, that Carolina team is a little bit more dangerous than uh, – we give them credit for on the offensive side of the ball. Do I still have one more pick left? Yes. Huh. I don't know where I want to go here. This is a tough one. Um, I guess the biggest Sunday surprise to me would be what at, at four catches, 70 yards. Maybe we should have doubled Devonte Adams, the Houston Texans, but they just continued to let that go all day long. And Rogers just torched them that way. That was probably one of the biggest surprise. Romeo Cornell from Belichick. They usually take away people like that. That was a shocker to me. Yeah, especially when Aaron Jones was taken away before the game right. even started. All yeah. right, we're going to take a break. Big game on Monday Night Football. We'll get you ready for it with the time we have left. PFT Live back after this. We all keep doubting the Chicago Bears who are at 5-1. and one. They take on the Rams tonight. Rams are 4-2. and two. Another chance for Nick Foles and company to prove us all wrong, Chris. I like the Rams in this one. I just feel like the Bears are due to lose. But with Nick Foles, you never know what's going on. Well, and that defense. I mean, it's a Super Bowl defense. We, you know, we, we've gushed a lot about Tampa Bay, right, today and how good they are. Let's just not forget this team three games ago, you know, beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's some things about their football team that are very quality. I think this will be a defensive struggle, Mike. I think Chuck Pagano, this 3-4 type scheme – We've seen Sean McVay has struggled with this scheme. Their offense has not always hit on all cylinders. You know, it's, a, it, it's, it's hard to get the run game going. It's built to be tough on play-action pass. That Rams defense is real damn good, too. And that Bears offense is nothing special. I'm with you. I'm going Rams. We both picked low scoring, right? I mean, I think I picked, like, Rams to win, like, 20-16, to 20-17 to 17 type of football game. That's kind of where I expect it to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. And I, and I think this is a, a game the Rams should win. And they need to win after what happened to them last Sunday night against the 49ers. In that division, they're going to fade quickly if they can't win because all these other teams are looking pretty good. And the Rams need to get back on track after the loss last week. And let's we'll see what happens. That'll be fun 
later tonight, later this afternoon. We've got PFTPM on Peacock Safety Blitz with Jack Collinsworth and Rodney Harrison as well. And at least this week, both shows don't have to compete with the football game. There's no 5 o'clock Eastern game, so you can watch PFTPM and Safety Blitz. Thanks for some of your time today. A new Chris Sims Unbuttoned also coming up later today. We'll check that out. That's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. See ya. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.